So this morning we are wrapping up our four Sunday uh, sermon series on Christian stewardship, the four actions of Christian stewardship. And stewardship, as I explained, is not just about money. It's about seeing all things as a gift from God and understanding all of creation as a gift from God. So let's review those four actions so far. Take, bless, and break. And we see Jesus performing those actions in our Gospel reading today where he is at the Last Supper celebrating the Passover meal with his, apostle, uh, with his disciples. And it tells us that Jesus takes bread, he gives thanks, he blesses it, and he breaks it to give it, to distribute it. And these actions we see in all the accounts of Jesus in the Last Supper, taking, blessing, breaking, and the fourth action, giving. Likewise, we see Jesus doing this at the feeding of the 5,000 in John's account of it in chapter 6. Jesus takes the bread and the fish, he blesses God, he breaks the bread and fish, and he distributes it to all who have gathered. And last week, I suggested to you that a way of understanding the Christian perspective on stewardship is rooted in what we can call a sacramental or a poetic view of reality. You see, we tend to live in what some have called a two-story universe. So picture a two-story house. You've got the main level, of course, and then you've got the second story. And a two-story universe suggests that the first story is where we live on Earth. That's kind of where we live and move and have our being is on that first floor. We know there's a second story, but that's for later, i.e., that's heaven. And when we have shuffled off this mortal coil, we take the stairs and we go to heaven. But that's not an actual Christian way of looking at things. We do not live in a two-story universe or a two-tier universe like that. We live in a universe where the glory of God is charged in all things, where God reveals himself in all things, if only we would have eyes to see and ears to hear. It's what we do with our sacraments. Oil and water, bread and wine, when we take them, we recognize them as a gift for God, when we bless them, When we break them, when we share them, God is there at work. God is present in a mysterious way in these things, in this water and wine, uh, water and oil, my mistake, that we use to baptize in the bread and in the wine that Jesus feeds us with. So a poetic or sacramental view of the world helps us to see that we don't live in a two-story universe where heaven and earth are somehow distinct from each other in a way where they don't really touch other than the ceiling of the first floor is also the floor of the, uh, the second story. A sacramental view of the world sees God as living and active among us, again, if we have eyes 
to see and ears to hear. And so last week I read a quotation by Father Austin Ferrer, a Church of England priest in the 19th century, and I wanted to read it again um, just because it, it explains, I think, very well what's going on in this sacramental view that we Anglicans hold to. Father Ferrer writes, The alms for which your generosity is asked are nothing exterior to the sacrament, but part of it. If you were living in the days of the ancient church, you would be bringing not money, but cakes of bread and flasks of wine. All would be placed upon the altar. Part would be consecrated for the Eucharist, and the remainder would be given to the sick and poor. Now you bring money, but your money is still presented along with bread and wine, and it still means the same thing. The offering is your offering. It is you yourselves who are laid on the altar to be consecrated and to be made the body of Christ. Your offering, your gift, is a token of yourself. I break the bread for the death of Christ, and we are all sacrificed to God in Christ's death, dying in him to our own will and receiving Christ as our true life in communion. What he's getting at is this, that everything that we bring forward to God is part of our offering of ourselves because it's an acknowledgement that everything is a gift from God. So we think of it this way. Communion is more than just bread and wine. It is the offering that gets laid on the altar, right, when we've offered our tithes and offerings. It is the offering of the people of God who have brought themselves here to this place to hear God's word and to receive God's food. Think of the artistry that goes into the vestments and the hangings, the work of the candle makers, the work of the brass, brass smiths, the work of the florists, the work of the altar guild, the work of Sue who, who's, who made our bread for today, the work of the vintners who prepared the wine. All of these things are part and parcel of that great offering that says there, that God is alive and at work in these gifts. We do not live in a two-story universe. We live in a universe where the glory of God shines if we have eyes to see. Think of what happens on Good Friday when that veil in the temple is torn in two. The veil was meant to be a physical representation and actually, as a physical representation, it did what it was, going to, what it was meant to do. And what it was meant to do was to, to, divide, to divide the Holy of Holies, where the Ark of the Covenant was kept, the most holy place, separate from everything else in the temple. Because the, what was behind the curtain, the Ark of the Covenant, was the earthly throne of the presence of God. And it was meant to be distinct from the rest of, of earth, which the temple represents. Jesus' death tears that curtain from top to bottom and says, no, no, no. Nothing can separate God and humanity. God has opened himself. He has poured out himself. He has broken his body 
so that this two-story view of the universe is torn apart. So the giftedness of creation helps us to understand that the actions of stewardship take, bless, break, and give bring us full circle. Because when we take something, we take it as a gift from God. When we bless it, we recognize it as a gift. When we break it, we are preparing it to be shared as a gift. And when we share it, we are bringing it forward as a gift. It's gift all the way through. And that's really what the reality of the Christian teaching of the gospel is all about, that it's grace. Grace and gift are synonymous. They are interchangeable. Everything that God has given us is grace and mercy all the way down. Everything is gift. And so in the last couple weeks, as we've been reading in our epistle lesson from first, uh, 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and 9, we are hearing Paul putting together these principles based on these actions of Christian stewardship. And he reminds us that generosity is a Christian attitude because it's rooted in our understanding that everything is gift, not meant to be hoarded, not meant to be possessed, but meant to be shared with those who need. And Paul says, I'm not trying to extort you, as he writes to the Corinthians. The Corinthians were a very wealthy people, wealthy church, and Paul was collecting money to bring to Jerusalem because the church in Jerusalem was having a really rough time. And Paul says, I'm not trying to extort you. I'm reminding you of your obligation that generosity is a Christian way of life. Which leads to the second principle where Paul says you are blessed to be a blessing. The more that God has blessed you with material goods, the more you are expected to use those gifts to bless the body. The more you have, the more you give. Leads us to the fourth principle, or the third principle, which is the principle of sacrifice. And we touched on this last week a little bit. Sacrifice in our culture is understood negatively. When we sacrifice something, it's seen as something that's not necessarily entered into willingly. Because sacrifice means cost. It means I have to give up something. But the Christian concept of sacrifice is rooted in the giving of God. The giving of His Son so that we can receive all things. So the Christian understanding of sacrifice is that it's a good thing because it means I'm participating in the very sacrifice of God through Jesus Christ given for me, for us, for all people. So when I give sacrificially of my time, my talent, my treasure, I am being part of that great offering that we offer together on God's holy table in Holy Communion. And then we are fed with the life of God himself and sent out to be the gift that God has made us to be in and for our world. Because God has given each and every one of us some definite purpose that only you can fulfill as an individual. Working together collectively, we do these things, but the giftedness of who you are, your personality, your unique gifts, your unique, um, yeah, your unique spiritual gifts, only you 
can fulfill that purpose. You are made as a gift to bless others. That's our vocation as Christians, is to be a blessing to other people. The gifts that God has given us are not gifts that are owed to us. They are not gifts that we can earn, but they are gifts that are given to us to be a blessing for us so that we may be blessing to others. Gifts are given so that those gifts may be in turn shared with other people. And gifts, as I said, is not just about money. One of the things that we're going to do at the 1030 service is you may have seen the artwork in the Father George Elson Memorial Chapel, and if you haven't, I encourage you to take a look at it. And what happened was during COVID, this was a way for us to engage in some of the, the artistic gifts of our congregation. And so I asked some of the artists, would you consider creating an artistic presentation of one of the sacraments? And so what's going to happen at 1030 is the artists are going to explain their artistic process, what they were trying to achieve and do in this artwork. But what I want to um, just emphasize here this morning is that each of these gifts, or each of these artists, their artistic gifts are very distinct. They have their own style. They have their own way of seeing the world. And they have their own way of representing these things artistically. And that just underlines the uniqueness that each of us has and the gifts that we are meant to be. And so the way that an artist puts together their, or puts together their artwork, and specifically the artwork meant to represent the sacraments here, underlines the goodness of art itself. Art is kind of like a sacrament. Because good art brings us to the realization that there is more going on in this world than just what we can see and taste and hear and touch and experience. That the world is charged with the goodness of God. That the beauty we see is already a participation in the goodness and the giftedness of all that God has given. So as we conclude this series on the four actions of Christian stewardship, I want to invite you to reflect, to reflect on the gifts that God has given you. How can I receive what God has given me as gift? How can I prepare these gifts that God has given me so that I can use them to bless other people? How can I bless others, especially those within the body of Christ, by the gifts that God has given me? You see, in the end of the day, God has given everything his church needs to fulfill its purpose to be a blessing in the world. The challenge for us as Christians is to receive these things as gifts to be shared. And so that changes our whole perspective on things. A worldly perspective on things tends to just focus on the bottom line, on the immediate things, and we tend to fall into that, that viewpoint of scarcity. And the scarcity viewpoint says we need to hoard and protect. But a Christian perspective says all things are gifts from God and God has given us everything we need. How can I participate 
in that giftedness? How can I contribute the gifts that I've been given to the glory of God and to the building of his kingdom here on earth? Thanks be to God.